So if you've never been a part of uh, Freshwater, what we do, and actually if you've ever really probably been to church or something like that, there's, there's something that uh, Jesus asked people who would follow him. He says, I want you to do something. When, when you start following me, I want you to, in a public way, let people know that you're following me, to like make a stand, as it were. And sometimes it's in large crowds, and sometimes it's, you know, it's in a house somewhere. And uh, so what, what baptism is, is, is this moment where someone who says, look, I do believe that Jesus is God, and he is the Savior of this world, and he, and he effectively is my Savior. I want everyone to know that I have made that statement of faith, or, or actually that, that step of faith, and I do believe that. And I want to confess that out loud. And, and baptism is a symbol of, it's not only just a profession of faith or saying this out loud, it's also a symbol that says, I'm identifying with Christ because as Christ was crucified and then buried and then raised to life, baptism is really that symbol that says, my old life is dying because of Christ. Like he's, he's taking all that away from me. He's forgiven me from all my sin and all that. And I am going to be buried or, you know, taken under the water, go under the water, and I'm going to come back a new life as Christ was raised from the dead. And that's what Christ does. He comes and not only takes away the old life, but he gives us this new life, resurrection in him. And as those, that's the symbol of that. And so today you may be wondering where the tub is or whatever. And, and we, you know, I, I think we, is it tractor supply that's helping us out or something like that? Yeah, so we got the little uh, little tub over there. So we're going to do that over there. And uh, I, we don't think we need life preservers or anything like that. So we'll be fine. But uh, I want to invite Mark, uh, Mark Townsend, if you can come on up. And uh, all right, so, so everybody say hi to Mark. Hi, everybody. You can sit on down. All right. Since you said all that, I don't have to say anything, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, sorry. Speaking of the microphone. All right, thanks. Um, hey, Freshwater community. Um, my name is Mark Townsend. I'm 54 years old. I grew up here in Wadsworth, Ohio. Um, graduated in 1984. You want to get this set? Which um, one's first? I know it's a mess, right? There it is. Okay. Anyways, I grew up here in Wadsworth, uh, graduated in 84, and I'll just start, try to keep it simple. I wrote notes. I, I'm not good at reading, so I'll just kind of ab, ab live this. Um, as a childhood, um, my family was kind of a little unstable as far as church went. My father was sick a lot. Uh, my parents, I think, at that time were, were looking for the right church to go to, maybe didn't feel right in the one they were at. Anyways, we ended up going to Christian Missionary Alliance when I was a teenager. Which is us, Freshwater. Freshwater now. Um, it was in the old building, if some of you guys remember that, um, over on um, Boyer Street, yeah. Um, I remember as a kid growing up, I was, uh, you know, I, I wanted to fit in, you know, I wanted girls to like me. Um, I wanted to, uh, you know, make people happy, make my family kind of happy. Um, basically, kind of a young kid, I was a people pleaser for the most part. Um, but after a while, my in my young life, because of I think childhood and things at home, I started becoming rebellious, um, becoming a little angry. Um, then it crept into my teenage years. I I got a lost interest in church a lot. Um, I started getting in, interested in, 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 in secular things, um, got into music, got into bands, um, 
you know, girls were important to me, sports somewhat, um, not as much. Then after, you know, a while I uh, got into some uh, use of, uh, of uh, substances and drugs and, 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 and smoking pot. It was innocent at first. It was just having some drinks with my friends. And gradually, uh, because of my attitude and my state of mind and bad decisions, you know, once you start making bad decisions, they often lead to other bad decisions. Um, things happened to me when I was a teenager that uh, hurt me inside. Uh, some sexual molestations happened to me. Um, um, anyways, that kind of made me at that point who I was. I did not know how to be anything different. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't want to turn to God. And then my teenage years became more uncomfortable. Uh, church, I felt like I was young as a teenager in church at that point. I, I felt like, oh, the kids in, that I was involved with in church, the teenagers, the other ones, they were, I felt like, oh, they're just hypocrites. You know, they come to church and they act one way and then they, we all go to the football games and drink after that. And it was um, just, you know, personally how I felt, whether or not it was really accurate or true, you know, you know, is, is beyond that. Um, anyways, basically for me, the hypocrisy in my life and myself as well as people I was associating with. Um, then in my adult years, um, I kind of um, started to, you know, mature, but yet the drinking and some of the other things in my life were still a part of my life. Um, I tried to feel like I was, you know, a good person, um, but I... Uh, and I believed in God, but I just thought Christian people were kind of crazy, um, you know, and I just, I, I didn't think, I, you know, and it's kind of sad. I felt inside that, you know, I wasn't really good enough to really be a Christian, you know, and I thought all these other people that were, you know, were successful and things. I, I was like on the outside looking in, and I uh, just, you know, I wanted to be like that, and I, I wanted God's love. I think I, even as a kid, I always wanted God's love, but I just, I really didn't know, and I was just lost. I became very lost, very bitter towards, towards people, towards the world, very jaded. Um, then um, the fears of wanting acceptance, approval, and different things just kind of consumed me, really. Um, after a while, um, you know, through just, I guess, the pains of life and, and living, you know, I started kind of wanting to come back to church. I tried relationships, um, you know, different girlfriends. I thought this would fix me. Uh, none of that ever fixed me. Different friendships. Um, none of it fixed me. I, I think even went to therapy, went to counseling. I started, I was looking. I, deep down inside, I didn't know it. I was looking for God, but I was trying all these other things, everything from the drinking, from girls to going to therapists, to counseling, different things in my life. And it was just wasn't finding what I needed. Um, and then, I, you know, I came to a point in my life, I don't even need this thing. Um, I came to a point in my life that I, uh, um, I, I seen Scott. I started coming around back to church some, and I approached Scott some years ago, and I even met with him, and I, I just couldn't talk to him. I just wasn't ready yet, you know, and so I still kind of went out into the world and, and, and lived the worldly way and uh, miserable, you know, and didn't even know why I was miserable, didn't know why I was unhappy. Um, and just kept trying. I, you know, I think I, I, I literally feel like I've tried everything myself instead of the most important thing was denying myself. You know, I kind of do need that one last piece. Sorry. <laughs> um, I know. So I'm a mess. It's okay, but Jesus loves me, right? Yeah. Anyways, um, all right, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I got to a point then, too, I, 
you know, we're, you know, like it's about last year I, I was working, I do construction work, painting, whatnot for a living, and I fell off a roof and hurt myself a little bit. But it kind of put a big thinking on me, and I was involved in this relationship. It was really hurtful for me, and then I was just, for some reason, we split up, and I, I decided I wanted to talk with Scott, finally. And I, I met with him at a restaurant. I just was like, you know, I, I'm ready for this. I, I guess I'm ready, finally, to talk to, um, to somebody. And uh, through, through counseling, and in this last year really has been a lot of change for me through, through meeting with Pastor Scott, some counseling. I got involved with the Alpha Group, uh, which if, if, if any of you younger people, any, not necessarily young, is maybe first doesn't really know anything about Jesus or wants to learn something that's really just a laid back, easy way. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to throw stones at you. But, you know, if you just want to come and get involved in that, that really kind of helped me to loosen up. And then eventually I, uh, through counseling, decided to accept the Lord in my life as my Savior. And um, I was thought about being saved, and, and I got saved when I was young at Beulah Beach, um, but I didn't really understand that I kind of picked and choose the things I wanted to do and, and just thought, well, as long as I'm good, but now I've decided that I, you know, I want to live my life for Christ, and I, I read a part, uh, a, a particular scripture that, um, it's, it's uh, Matthew 16, 24, it says, I must deny myself and take up my cross and follow him. And kind of being a Christian to me now is what that's about, really, um, as simple as it gets. Um, I'm, I'm a, I was a wretch, you know. I was a wretch, and now I'm, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm a saint now. And amen. You know, there, there's no other way. <laughs> you know, that's all I can say. And, um, and thank it. you, Scott. That's it. I mean, I, you know, hey, good enough. <laughs> um, before we start, I'd just like to thank... Uh, believe it or not, I'm very uh, usually very composed during public speaking. That might not be the case today. But um, I want to thank my family. And everyone here today for being with me. Gary and Kathy, Joel Whitman. And everyone else, but uh, let's just get started. <laughs> Dude, this was supposed to happen at the end. <laughs> My name is Bruce Farley. I have the privilege of being this guy's friend. Um, Max, um, how did this... <laughs> Dude, we got about eight minutes now, okay? <laughs> how did this journey towards Christ... I know you, you didn't grow up in a church. I've had a chance to meet your mom and dad, uh, Big Scott and Lori. Uh, they are awesome people. Um, but church, at least at that part, wasn't a part of your story. How did this... Uh, journey with Jesus Christ began? Um, I was lifting at the YMCA, and I was a little under the bridge, sad, frustrated about, I don't remember at this point, but, um, and I needed spot on bench, and Joel Whitman was there. I knew him a little bit, not that much, and I just asked him for a spot, and he said, hey, you okay, man? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, and then he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And he's like, all right, let's rock and roll. He gets all excited in my head and like, dude, just shut up and spot he, me. He's the maniac of the weight room, right? And so right before he do it, he has to get He's like, are you sure? Okay. I'm like, yeah, but I could hear he actually cared. And after he gave me the spot, 
he said, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, can I pray for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. I thought he's going to throw me in his prayers before he went to sleep tonight. And he reached his arm over the bench. He said, come here, let me pray for you. And so he put his arm around me and prayed. And much like him right now, I just broke down. I never felt the kind of love and presence in my body like I did in that moment in my entire life. And so after I just pulled my hood over, sat at the end of the bench and cried for a little bit, and then I went home, and um, he invited me, told me about Youth Alpha, which is really cool, told me a little bit about Jesus, and after that, it just kind of coasted. I, I didn't really take any more steps steps towards him for a while. Now, Max, um, and who was, who was a part of that Alpha Youth? If you could just raise your hand. Okay, Ethan, I see others back there. Everybody's there part of go. Ethan Youth. Can we just give these guys a huge hand? <laughs> Max ended up being the master of games there. <laughs> That's what I was most known for, yeah. <laughs> but um, and, and then you cruised. Yeah, for several months. I'm not sure how long. And so I had a powerlifting competition the following November. and I was Which was just this last year? Yeah. Okay. I was preparing for it, and my shoulder had been kind of bothering me for a while. And 10 days before, I had my last lift before the competition. And I don't know what I did exactly, but I just felt this tearing, shooting, burning pain in my shoulder, just pulling a plate off of the bar when I was done working out. And... I went to a doctor, and they did x-rays. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to take a few months off of lifting, do like 50% of the weight you'd usually do. And I was like, yeah, that's just not going to happen, boss. And um, I just took a week off of upper body, and after that, I was like, all right, let's get to it. So I signed up for a competition on January 18th of this year. And my shoulder still wasn't healed, that's for sure. I never lifted over 295 pounds for bench. And every time I'd bench, it felt weak and my shoulder hurt. And so January 18th comes, and I still hadn't lifted more than 295 pounds before, but uh, my goal was to get 330 pounds, which you usually don't go for a goal much higher than what you've done in the gym for a competition. So my first bench press is 281 pounds. Gave me a lift off, benched it. My shoulder felt a little weaker. It didn't feel comfortable. And so I was like, hey, Cole, what's my next attempt is supposed to be? He's like 308 pounds. And I was like, man, we're actually here. That's just not going to happen. There's no way. And so I was like, I'll just do it. And I went under. They gave me the lift off. I pressed it. And that, it felt like my shoulders hanging on by a tether. And so after that, I was like, what's my next lift supposed to be? It's like 330 pounds. And I truly believe there's no way I could actually do this, but I kind of swallowed my ego instead of just like not taking the attempt. And so I'm all nervous walking around. Then it's my turn. They're like, Max, bar's loaded. I said at the end of the bench, I didn't know who or what I was praying to. Maybe my shoulder, maybe God, a greater being. I was like... Please don't tear. Don't let my shoulder need surgery and let me be out for months. And so I went under. They're like, gave me a lift off. I'm right here. Come down to my chest. And in this moment, I was like, 
as soon as I press this, my shoulder's going to tear, and I'm, it, that's going to be it for a while. And so I went to press it, and right when I went to press it, the same warmth and overwhelming feeling that I had in my entire body when Joel Whitman prayed for me was just in my shoulder. And as I was benching, I got about halfway, and my right shoulder shot up before my left arm did, and that had to catch up. And ever since then, you know, my shoulder can do all this kind of stuff. It's fine now. So Max uh, texted me a couple days after that, and he goes, can we have coffee? I'm like, yeah, I'm all about that. And we sit down and we do small talk for about a minute. Yeah. And then you go, can I tell you a story? And I'm like freaking out in Starbucks. I'm like, do you know that your shoulder was healed? And what would you say? <laughs> um, honestly, that's what I thought, but it sounded so crazy to actually say. But now, I mean, it, it could only be described as divine intervention. I, God healed my shoulder, but somehow still, I didn't believe in him yet. <laughs> Very kindly and nicely stubborn, okay? Um, and then I know Joel and I both, we reached out to you to actually be a part of what ended up being Alpha Online, which was kind of crazy in and of itself. I'll yeah. Jesus on a Zoom call. Um, and tell us about your chess game. Uh, so they invited me to Alpha, and I was kind of nervous because it was getting to the point I almost had to accept Jesus because I kept trying to deny it. I almost didn't want to believe it unless he walked in my room and talked to me face to face. And... So we kept having these talks with, you know, a small group, and, you know, every time I, like, bring something up and we talk, it's like we were playing chess, and he, every time I try to do something and say, oh, well, you're not real because of this, he'd be like, yeah, but I am, and he just kept saying, check in three, check in two, eventually he checkmated me, and I just couldn't play with him anymore. <laughs> now, Max, um, we do something at Alpha, it's called the day away. And, I mean, we, Scott, you know, we were all winging it. We've never done this online. And I decided, uh, Nate Mast, Dan Rada, I saw you this morning. There you are. Um, Matthias, I'm not sure if he's here this morning. Uh, myself and Max. And you even overslept. Yeah, I did. I was about 45 minutes late. And I was spiraling into terminal depression at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and then you walk in and let's just talk about the day so, so i walk in and there's only like five of us there like you said but i mean you could feel it. the lord is in this place and so we watched the videos and we talked about the holy spirit how to pray for him to come to you and later in the day we all did pray holy spirit come to me now this is where it got interesting <laughs> And so I still wasn't a believer. I was just, you know, finishing out this alpha circuit. And after, at the very end, we had some self-reflection, and, you know, you could go by, be by yourself, pray, do whatever. I was laying on the hood of my truck with a Bible. And after we came back in... Well, what, what, hap what happened? Because this is so crazy. <laughs> okay. For anybody that doesn't believe God doesn't do miracles, just... 
We're looking at one. So, go ahead. What happened on the hood of I'm your truck? I'm laying on the hood of my truck with my Bible in my hands, and I was like, all right, Jesus, if you're real, this is a real nice time to come and show yourself. And obviously he didn't come stand next to my truck. I, I can't say I heard his voice, but something in me said, read Acts chapter 10, verse 1. And so I opened the Bible and went to Acts 10, chapter, or Acts 10, verse 1, and it read something about this guy named Cornelius. I've never heard that name on this earth in the Bible. That's not something I've ever heard of in my entire life. So we come back in and we start this alpha video. And what happened? It's the last one, about 30 seconds in. He starts talking about Cornelius from the Bible. Now, this isn't Paul or John. Like, nobody's ever, nobody talks about Cornelius. He doesn't get as much respect. But, um, yeah, and so I just kind of started freaking out in my chair and looking in. They're all like, dude, what are you doing right now? And uh, I was like, nothing, I'm good. So then, uh, and Dan Ratter, where are you again? Um, I think you might be with the kids. Dan, uh, was this real open about stuff happening right now? Uh, it was so real and authentic. And I know, Max, you had said even your, your heart was just kind of broken for hearing what he said. Yeah, just listening to him, it and hurt I, me inside. I decided to throw, it freaked me out. I said, Max, we're going to pray. So I go, let's pray for Dan first. And I go, Max, uh, why don't you pray for Dan? I was like, what do you mean, what, why don't I pray for Dan? Why would you want a non-believer to pray for this guy? <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I'll do it. And so I put my arm on his shoulder like Joel did over the bench, and I prayed for him. And as soon as I started, the Holy Spirit just came pouring into me. I could feel Jesus. I felt his presence. I felt like I had an opportunity John 1, 9 talks about Jesus being the light, the, the true light that will come into every man that comes onto this earth. And I just felt like I had an opportunity to say to everybody, Jesus is the true light. He is hope. He's there. He loves you more than you could ever know. And in that moment, I became a Christian. And No, no, no. This is, it's too good not to. So what we do is we ask people at Alpha, how can we pray for you? Okay. So this is, we're all standing around Max. Max was next to be prayed for. And we go, Max, you're already preaching, son. <laughs> Max, how can we pray for you? And he's supposed to, well, pray for me for this, for that. What did you say, Max? I said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Uh, forgive, and I said, thank you for dying for me, but now I want to live for you. What's changed? I was given a new life. I mean, I walked out and I said, to you, you're like, bye, guys. And I, was, I was like, see you. And then you're like, and I was like, you know, I thought I was 18 years old coming here. I feel like I'm about 45 minutes old. Max, something uh, I was just thinking about, you graduated from Wadsworth this year. If you were a senior still at Wadsworth, what would it look like this next year? Man, I just spent, you know, the past 18 years of my life with the same community, same 400 kids, five, six days a week. And, uh, you know, I've built more connections than I will in another place for 18 years. And I would, I would just do as much as I 
could to share the word, to share Jesus, to share his love, and spread him. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want every young person that was involved in that Alpha Youth to stand up and come over here. Timmy, Ethan, Shariga, all you guys. especially say to uh, Joel, the coaches, and you youth, never doubt that it's counted, even when you don't see. Never doubt. Have faith. There's a song that's my favorite, it's Max's, it says, not for a moment will we forsake it. Lord is in this place. We didn't see it, but he was in this place. Joel, nice and loud, pray for him, and then I'm going to baptize okay. him. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Max, Lord. Thank you for surrendering his life. It was a journey, Lord, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. We thank you for how he's changed Max, uh, for the just the way he's going to change the world, Lord. This is a man on fire for you. Thank you and praise you for him and his life. All the praise and glory be to you, Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I baptize you. How's that for a Sunday morning? Man, come on. First John. 1 John 5 says this, everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. Everyone who's born of God overcomes the world. I, I love that even 45 minutes after he followed Christ or made that decision, he's quoting scripture. Born of Christ, I'm 45 minutes old. John goes on, he says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is 
the Son of God. Everyone, everyone who is born of God, Jesus the Lord, overcomes the world. It's our victory. And I believe this morning is one of those mornings where every one of us here on the lawn, all of you online, we need to hear this. We, we need to hear it again. And I, I believe this verse is for each of us this morning. I believe it's for even those of you who watch this in the weeks to come and listen to this in the weeks to come. These two men stand up and they just said, I, I need Jesus. All completely different stories. But victory and being, overco- being able to overcome this world is only found in Jesus and I don't know if anybody is here or whoever is listening online or watching, if you feel like you're being overcome or that you live in this perpetual state where you feel like you're overcome and maybe it's what, what's going on in this world, what's going on with the resurgence of, of COVID, what's going on with the violence, what's going on with the rage, what's going on with the the injustice. I I don't know if it's that. Maybe you're stuck in a pit and you've been in that pit for years, decades, and you don't think you can get out. Anyone overcome by a long list of sins that you're convinced, much like Mark, there's just no way that God would ever love me. These stories are called good news. If you read through the New Testament, This word, this phrase, good news, comes up all the time. It's a Greek word. All the time. Euangelion, the gospel, good news, the good news, the good news. And what's the good news? If you don't know what the good news is, let me define it for you. It's what just happened here. That's the good news. That Jesus comes and he changes lives. So 1 John 4, Jesus is saying this to you. If you follow me and believe in me, you will overcome the world. That's Jesus' voice. He says, this is your victory, your faith in me. That's your victory. That's his voice. And maybe you didn't know that or forgot that, that the essence of our faith is in Jesus, and it is overcoming, and it's in victory. And it's not overcoming some shiny, pointy sword or, or some gun. Like, Christ will do that someday. It, it's bigger than that, though. It's, it's over the heart. It's over sin. It's over the darkest evil. It's over depression. It's over death. It's over that condemnation that happens up here that we hear all the time. It's over sickness. It's over it all. That's our victory. And, and church, I just want to remind you, if, if you've been struggling and wondering, how is the church going to go forward? What's going to happen to the church if we can't gather? What's going to happen to Christianity in America? Let me tell you what's going to happen. We are victorious. We've already won. Like, we've been given the victory. Yeah, right? People are scared out there. People are, are, are desperate. They're overwhelmed. They live in defeat. And we live with the kingdom of God. And this isn't a time to sit back and go, oh, man, we're, we're going to lose ground. We're going to fall back. We're going to live in defeat. That's, that's not what the church does. This is what happens. When, when people follow Christ, Christ moves. 
And he moves in the times when you think nothing could ever happen. And we've got more stories, folks. It's just begun. We've got more stories. It's still happening. Stories where we're seeing God break through. And, and I am growing more and more confident. I was, I'll tell you this much. I was nervous back in March. I'm like, what in the world is going to happen? I'm not nervous anymore. I'm not scared anymore. Too many of you love Christ. Too many of you. This church is filled with people who've already made that decision and need to remind or be reminded or you already are living in that promise that says you overcome. You have victory in Christ. And I, I for myself, I, I don't know. I've been looking forward to this Sunday because I just want you guys to know we're winning. Hell's losing. Heaven's winning. And we're going to keep doing it. So if some of you listening this morning, and maybe you're watching on YouTube, maybe you're sitting out there and you feel like the dam is about to break. Like it's almost exactly the way, you know, Mark, after so many years, had finally come to the end. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for years. But then he was finally at that point, and Max, even on that weight bench last year, and somebody just reached out. The dam was about to break. And some of you right now, that, that's where you are. You're just like barely holding this thing together. If that's you, I just want to let you know their stories can be your story. You're not, there's no long walk. There's no crazy course. It's just you in Christ and just exactly how they described it. You coming to that point where you say, I cannot do this. I live overwhelmed. I can't bring victory. I need you. I need you, Jesus. And I think for all of us this morning, he's reminding us that victory, we live in that. We can live in that. We can live in this life that overcomes. We don't even have to make a vow today to overcome. We just say, Jesus, can you help me overcome? And he does it for us. And Jesus, I think, is saying to, to those of you who are struggling with what do you do and how do you move forward, I just want to say it's okay to fall apart. It's okay to completely let the dam break. It is. Because you'll find on the other side Christ You'll find victory. You'll find healing. You'll find forgiveness. And if you're hesitant to put your faith in Jesus, I get it. That's one of the reasons why, I mean, I, I didn't ask Mark to talk about Alpha. Like, that's why we do things like Alpha. That's why we hear of even people here meeting with friends and saying, hey, let's talk. Because sometimes it does take, it does take some time to count the costs and to figure out. But I wouldn't put that off. And maybe today is your day where you just say, no, no more. No more waiting. This is it. And if you want prayer, if you want to talk to somebody, I, you know, any of us here that follow Christ, you can talk to. I, I'm up here and some, some other people are around. But don't pass this. Don't let this day go. Don't let this day go. 
Christ wants to invite you into what you saw and what you've heard today, that, that kind of life. We're going to sing some songs here at the end, and there's a new one that we've, we've been singing here, and it says this. I invite the band, if you guys can come up. It says, I've searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along, and you put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. It goes on in verse 2, and it says, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures, and my flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. search the world but it couldn't fill me a man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough then you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is.
your mercy has saved my soul and now your freedom is all that I know the old me knew Jesus when was heavy but chains break at the weight of your glory i needed shelter i was an orphan now you call me a citizen of heaven this last uh, verse of this song when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great
Jesus, would you send us with that hope that one day when you will come, we will see our victor and we will have that full victory. Lord, send us out. Send your kids out today with your presence. Go with us, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you want prayer about what's gone on this morning, God's touching your heart, just come, come on up here. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you. So God bless you all. Thank <laughs> you.